Welcome to an on-location edition of the Andy Staples Show. I'm here with Mitch Sherman, our Nebraska beat writer at The Athletic. We are at the Coaches Convention. It's great to be here. Matt Rule is... There's a wall between us and him, but he's in there with a bunch of other coaches right now. It's a big meeting, big head coaches meeting. Matt Rule brought his entire staff to Charlotte for AFCA this week, and uh, those guys have been working the working the hallways and working the rooms and uh, introducing themselves with the new the new red end polos on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is this is a big deal when Nebraska changes coaches, and I realize that those of you who are not Nebraska fans are probably getting a little bit okay, we'll, we'll believe it when we see it. And I think that's fair. But I also think it's, it, it's really interesting to check in on where Matt Rule is right now because obviously very good in his last two stops in college football at Temple and at Baylor. It didn't work out with the, with the Carolina Panthers. But this is his chance to do this at Nebraska where I feel like the expectations are a little bit different now. Yeah, this is not... 2008, Bo Pelini coming in, one coach removed from the great Nebraska legacy that was left by Tom Osborne and and um, and then handed to Frank Solich. Mm-hmm. So you're you're now three more coaches removed from that and coming off the worst run that Nebraska's yeah. had in this two decade long period that's been beneath expectations. So Scott Frost's four years produce um, or four plus years yeah <laughs> produce five losing seasons golly and then you go back even beyond that with mike riley having a losing season in, in in 17 it's been 2016 since nebraska simply made a bowl game um that does i think impact the way that this is viewed at the start with matt rule and in some ways there's and this may be a little counterintuitive but there's more patience right in light of the in light of the fact that it's been so long, there's now more patience and more of an understanding level of just how high he has to climb. Yeah, and the, far he has I to climb. I would imagine that season one, if they even make a bowl game, yeah, that will be considered legitimate progress. Well, you look at the blueprint and the way that this has worked for Matt Rule and his stops at Temple and Baylor, and, and year one has been tearing it down to the studs. Yeah. This was pre-transfer portal. Baylor was way worse. And Baylor had a situation yeah. that went way beyond football. Yeah. And we understand, you know, he came into Baylor, they had one commit right. when, when he took over at Baylor. Jalen Petrie, pretty in, good one. Right. <laughs> and, and it worked out, and that was and, and one guy who stuck with them through that that Jim Grobe year, yep. and, and this is, of course, after the Art Bryles mm-hmm. era. Different situation entirely. Yeah. And it, even with all of the dysfunction that occurred in, in, the, in the Scott Frost years and, and the uncertainty and the turnover, and, and 2022 at Nebraska was just a, such a strange football season because he had a head coach who got fired three weeks into the year, a defensive coordinator fired the next week, completely changed regime just just in everything was in limbo for mm-hmm. a longer period of time than you normally see it um so in some ways that impacts what matt rule has in front of him um, and i think it impacts the expectations as we talked mm-hmm. about um, but it doesn't put nebraska in a place that matt rule inherited at baylor or you know, Temple was a little bit different story, and he tore that one down. Yeah, and it they, went. He was coming yeah. into a better situation right. at Temple. The, it's interesting now because the the world of college football has changed completely since he left it, and he didn't leave it that long ago. Yeah, but the transfer rules have changed. NIL has come along, and it feels like both of those changes, if done 
handled correctly can benefit Nebraska. Yeah, NIL, it was what's that? When, yeah. when, right. when, when Matt Rule uh, left college football to go to the NFL, there was, there, there, it, it may have been mentioned in, uh, in, in some uh, court right. depositions yeah. about name, image, and likeness, but we had no inkling of what this was going to be right. in 2023. The states were going to take over and pass all these laws, and, the, and, and yeah, the now trans- Nebraska can pay players. The, right. The transfer stuff had started, yeah. but it was nowhere near. Yep. You look at December of 2022 and the, the, the comings and goings in the portal, and, and when, when he left in 19 to go to the NFL, there was, it, was, it, was, it didn't resemble that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a new world. And you know, he had a learning curve that he had to catch up to. And um, he put a lot of work in. His staff put a lot of work in the month of December and now into January in getting up to speed on that stuff. And we'll see. These t- transition classes, you know, we talked about this during mm-hmm. the week here. Nebraska has had a number of transition classes yeah. over, the, over the past two decades <laughs> yeah. that you can compare this one to or you can look at the process and mm-hmm. see the, the, the method with which it was put together. Right. It looks intriguing here what they've done in yeah. a month but you a little, never little really the know Bill Callahan situation well, where yeah. a 41 day search yeah and, this was a longer search but the yeah. Bill Callahan search went into the next year it, yeah. it covered it covered two years and he didn't get hired until January he still had a month to put together a class but it was very haphazard and I think that's that tends to happen a lot in these transition periods yeah. you, you end up with a new coach and a new coaching staff who just throw together a class and get players in any way they can get them and that's not really the way it went with rule in the month of December, he had a very, um, he had a specific plan, right? Geographically and with the players that he wanted, the type of players that he wanted to get, mm-hmm. and they executed it. Now we'll see if it wor- if it works. They're hitting Texas hard, really, for the first time since they were in the Big Twelve. Absolutely, it's it's going to be a huge priority for the staff when when recruiting gets back going here in January, and that's basically now. Yes, as soon as this convention's over. His staff is, is going to be on the ground in Texas in a, with, with a presence that Nebraska has not had since it joined the Big Ten. And it's not for a lack of trying. You always want to recruit Texas. Right. Nebraska's not geographically that detached from the state of Texas. It uh, certainly helps when there's a bunch of guys who worked at Baylor. Who you got a ton that. of guys with, with, with <laughs> yeah. Baylor roots. And then you, he, he's hiring a Texas high school football coach in Bob Wager from yep. Arlington Martin, a legend in the state of Texas. Which, which he did when he got to Baylor. Right. He hired Joe McGuire, right. who's currently the Texas Tech head coach and whose son yes. has come to work for Matt Rule in Nebraska. 23-year-old Garrett McGuire yep. will be on staff as the wide receivers coach. Wager's going to coach the tight ends. Um, this is a blueprint, again, much like we talked about with the way that he went about compiling a class in December, the way that he's compiled a coaching staff, it fits a blueprint that he instituted in his time at Baylor. Not just Joey McGuire, but he hired Sean Bell mm-hmm. um, as an assistant coach at Baylor. Um, yeah, the McGuire thing is really interesting. And you, you, um, he is, he is, this is normally a guy who would have five, six years minimum left to work as a quality control right. or a GA or an intern. And he's being being pushed right into this role because Matt Rule feels that he can go out and make a difference recruiting and make a difference working with players on the field at that receiver this, spot. This staff is young in general, though, right? Younger oh, yeah. than, than usual. And it reminds me a little bit of you know Jim Harbaugh holding his staff at Michigan, and it got significantly younger. Yeah. And coincidentally, or maybe not, 
that's when they started getting better. But it does seem like that's the, the goal here. Yeah, I don't know if there's a, a correlation to draw there where youth is always going to uh, to produce winning, but um, I think the the motivation behind what Harbaugh did. I think you Harbaugh need some did, energy to recruit yeah. in this, this kind of environment. Well, I think what Rule has recognized in putting together his staff is that he's going to push these guys extremely hard. Yeah. You know, he, he wants them to work long hours in the office and out of the office in recruiting. Um, recruiting primarily, but, if, you know, of course – in the fall that that turns into game planning and those, mm-hmm. those hours are invested in a different way. Um, and if you're hiring a bunch of guys in their fifties and he has one in right. his staff, on, in, you in still his, need in some 50, of that too. Yeah. You need some experience. Yeah. But if your staff is filled up with, with veterans, there's benefits to that. I don't know that the benefits necessarily fit the style that he wants to bring to this, to this, um, yeah. this regime. Yeah. It, it, it'll be very interesting to see how they, go forth because this this first part did seem there like as a, a real plan mm-hmm. of what they were going to take out of the transfer portal wherever they were going to hit in terms of recruiting high schoolers the first full cycle will tell us a little more but to your point about the transition classes this is something that, that mike riley that scott frost that bill mm-hmm. callahan did not have the advantage of doing of being able to get experienced players now and yeah. the, the most interesting player that nebraska took out of the portal has got to be Jeff Sims. Yeah. Former Georgia Tech quarterback. He's from Jacksonville. 6'4", 220. You saw flashes at Georgia Tech that, that he could be pretty good, but then they didn't protect him very well. What can he be at Nebraska? And, oh, by the way, Casey Thompson's still there. I will say this about Jeff Sims, too, and what's so, what's so important before I get to what he can add to the Nebraska offense. Not only did they go get Jeff Sims, they got Ben Scott, who's yeah. not going to get the run. Right. Ben Scott will be Jeff Sims' center. From Arizona, a top that offense, a lot. Right, a top, a top offensive lineman who has experience at tackle and experience at center. Played center this last year in the Pac-12 and was productive at that position. So, you can't be a great quarterback anywhere. Yep, especially in the Big Ten in November if you don't have the right guys blocking for you. Okay, Sims Rule believes that he's an NFL talent. Yeah, and Rule has kept his eyes on Jeff Sims for the past several years. Rule's successor at Temple was Jeff Collins. Mm -hmm. Jeff Collins went to Georgia Tech, recruited Jeff Sims. Rule was interested in seeing how Collins did. You know, they were connect there's connections, of course, there between those those two coaches. And everybody was watching the experiment at Georgia Tech as they tried to to move away from the triple option into something more conventional now. So on Saturdays before Matt Rule coached on Sundays, he took some time to watch college football, you know, wanted to remain connected to the game. That's where he drafts his players. And Jeff Sims caught his eye. So the beginning of his first day at Nebraska, Jeff Sims goes into the transfer portal. And immediately it intrigues Matt Rule. and, And, you know, he's on the phone with Collins finding out, you know, what he needs to know right. about Sims. And, and, and pretty soon, he's in the fold at Nebraska. And then on signing day, this was revealing, December 21st, Rule gets in front of the media to talk about his signing class. He gets asked about Jeff Sims. He's effusive in his praise. A question comes about Casey Thompson. The returning starter at Nebraska will be a sixth-year senior if, yeah. if he follows through with the decision to return um, in, into next fall. And... It's much more mild, mild-mannered right. in the answer. Now, Rule doesn't know Casey Thompson. I was going to say, so it sounds like a lot of my guy and, and not my guy. There is some of that. Yeah. But we'll see. Casey is, is coming off shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. and he was a, he was a, a, a warrior for yeah. Nebraska this year. I mean, 
got kept getting up off the ground and he didn't have the the we talk about Sims and what he needs with an offensive line Casey Thompson did not have the luxury of playing behind a solid right. offensive line at Nebraska so he took a beating and he, he he's the reason he's the reason Nebraska remained in games that Nebraska and beat Iowa at the end of the season right yeah. that Nebraska had enough left in the tank to beat yeah. Iowa on Black Friday it, it is it is amazing, and, and Casey Thompson is going to miss the spring mm-hmm. because he's recovering from the physically. Yeah. yeah, but I will say we've seen situations like this before, and the one I keep thinking of is Tennessee. Okay. Now it's a little bit different because Hennon Hooker had transferred in from Virginia Tech, but he transferred in when Jeremy Pruitt was still the coach. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy Pruitt gets fired. Josh Heupel comes in, like Casey Thompson, they recruit over mm-hmm. Hennon Hooker. They go get Joe Milton from yeah. Michigan, mm-hmm. and Milton wins the starting job, mm-hmm. gets dinged in the Pittsburgh game. They put in Hinton Hooker, and the rest is history. So see what happens. I, yeah. if, if I'm Casey Thompson, I'm not giving up on this thing yet. Like, there's a chance it still works out. Yeah, one of the interesting things with Casey Thompson is that he's he's and and we'll see yeah. if he has that approach where he can he remains with the program if Jeff, Jeff Sims right. takes control of this thing out of the spring. Casey Thompson is such a unique guy in college football in that not only did he earn his degree mm. from Texas, he's earned his master's degree <laughs> from Nebraska. Oh, so, so he's, he's a PhD candidate I guess else. he's going for his, his, <laughs> his, doctorate. his doctorate as a, as a sixth-year hey, senior Br- Brady now. Brady White did that, the quarterback from Memphis That's who incredible. transferred from Arizona State. It's, it's, it's doable, but that is... And that does give him a lot of options. And there will be – it'll be fascinating to see what happens at the end of this spring because there will be teams that are still looking for quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. portal. So Casey Thompson, who has starting experience at Texas and Nebraska, if that's the route he goes, there'll be people there. Now, Nebraska has four quarterbacks on its roster mm-hmm. heading into the spring with starting experience at the Power 5 level. You have Sims and Thompson, who we've yep. talked about. You have Logan Smothers, who's been a backup at Nebraska for three seasons right. and started in 2021 in the season finale against Iowa, played well, and mm-hmm. has been um, loyal and, yeah. and has remained at Nebraska. This is a kid out of Alabama who, you know, it's not like an in-state kid. Yeah. He wants his degree from Nebraska. He's set to get his degree this May. He could be on, on the market as a transfer yeah. option. And then there's Chubba Purdy, who has starting experience at Florida State and, and at Nebraska when, when Thompson right. was hurt but last injury year. Injury history and and, 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 and struggles. Yeah. And, and hasn't proven himself to be that level of quarterback to this point, but the, the, the talent is there uh, and we know the family uh, lineage is yeah, there. The, with the lineage is great because Big Bro did great at Iowa State and is uh, killing the NFL now. Right. So we'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. There seems to be a lot of optimism in Nebraska, and, and you and I talk about this all the time, the, the amount of sunshine pumping that goes on in the offseason in the Nebraska program. But for me, it feels a little different because we've seen Rule do this twice at places where it should have been really hard yeah. to win the way he won, especially the situation he walked into at Baylor where a couple of years later they're playing for the Big 12 championship. That, that is not easy to do. And, and, you know, Frost obviously was coming off an undefeated season, but he did inherit a pretty amazing roster that George O'Leary put together at UCF. Rule had to rebuild the thing. And that feels like the difference to me. Because I, I catch myself being pretty optimistic about Nebraska's future as well. It's, but it's hard because we, we've, not, we've just not seen them succeed lately. Yeah, it gives me a, a moment of pause um, when the optimism starts to, to rush in. 
and you think about, okay, he did this at Baylor, he did this at Temple, and I think, okay, what's the common thread? Well, you're in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Think about your recruiting base. Yeah. You're in the state of Pennsylvania. And he had good recruiting base in, there and up and down the Eastern and, Seaboard. And yep. in New Jersey, think about the recruiting base. It's a different story at mm-hmm. Nebraska. Now, I'm not going to get on the train and say there is not talent in Nebraska because I think that's a narrative sometimes that gets overblown They've actually nationally. had a couple of good years. Yeah, the state of Nebraska produced 13 Power 5 players in this 23 class. Nebraska got signed eight of those players. Yeah, You're not going to build your entire program around that, but there is enough there to form a foundation. Mm-hmm. You can have 20 or 30 scholarship players from the state of Nebraska in your program. And that is the recipe mm-hmm. to building a championship team in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. You have to start at home. And a lot of times you'll have linemen, but now in recent years, there's been an there's influx of, guys out of, of Omaha wide receivers. And, 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 and Lincoln as well. Historically, yeah. there have been running backs from Omaha. So that has to be where he begins. Matt Rule in his first week on the job, at Nebraska, didn't leave Lincoln. Didn't leave, I'm sorry, didn't leave the state of Nebraska. Got on a plane, went to Little Pierce, Nebraska, flew way out west to the Wyoming border to Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, um, went to Omaha, hit all the high schools in Omaha, even the high schools that Scott Frost and his staff weren't going to. He went, his first school visit was to Lincoln High School. Mm -hmm. Um, So he understands the importance, much like he did at Texas, with a much, much larger Mm -hmm. incentive he understands the importance at Nebraska in starting at home and in building things there. So that is, I think, reason to believe that he can duplicate the formula that he had at, at Baylor and, and at Temple. But, it all, but as I said, it, there's also some pause there because the talent pool doesn't go as deep. Right. I will say, after he spent that weekend in, in the state of Nebraska, he went to Texas and went to Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and ex- exclusively for several days recruited those familiar areas yeah. and, and, and gathered commitments. And I think Nebraska can be a national recruiting program with the foundation that you were talking about. You still have to have that. But, you know, I think about in the old days, they did get guys from New Jersey. They got guys yeah. from California. I mean, I'm, I'm going way, way back, I realize, but... Got a Heisman Trophy from... From, from New from, Jersey. From, right. Absolutely. Virginia. So... Got a number one overall draft pick from New Jersey, yes. Irving Fryer. Yes. So it is definitely possible. And I realize that, that Nebraska isn't the name that it used to be, but it's still a recognizable name. And I still feel like if they get players on campus, they're going to take it seriously. Yeah, and, and, and that's, uh, that's what's going on. There, there's, you talk about getting players on campus and how that will help um, – tremendously in the recruiting area this offseason there's a big step being taken in that in that area in that nebraska is opening its 165 million dollar new football complex i think the last time that we talked we were sitting in 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 arizona that's right and that thing was coming out of the ground and it was you know just a vision well now it's a building yeah and it opens in july and the recruits who come in on visits at, at, at right now they get hard hats and they go through that thing and they see where their weight room's going to be and they yeah. see where their training table's going to be and I know everybody's got facilities and yeah. everybody's got buildings and buildings don't win championships yep. but they do help impress kids when you get them on campus so it's so important for Nebraska to get those guys whether it's an official visit or an unofficial visit just to come to Lincoln and then and then 
you know, Matt Rule's program is in the picture. Well, the NIL thing is, is interesting as well because I, I know I brought up Tennessee earlier, but I, I feel like Nebraska and Tennessee are actually pretty good comparisons to one another. Tennessee, obviously, a little better natural recruiting base in terms of who can drive to campus. But in terms of statewide passion yeah. for that university and that team, and if you are good there, you are beloved forever. Look at the Tennessee players and what they've been able to take advantage of from an NIL front. And I'm not talking about the recruits. I'm talking about yeah. the guys who are on the roster already. You know, David Oven's done great story, like Alante Taylor had on, uh, all these deals, and uh, Valus Jones, and Cedric Tillman, and Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. Imagine that at Nebraska. Imagine Nebraska is suddenly an 8-9 win team. What are the stars of that program getting? Yeah, it's not a thought that I, it's it's not something I put a huge amount of thought into until you just said that because the most of the focus on the collectives and on NIL has been with recruits, but it can't be ignored. You have to take care of your current roster mm-hmm. or they're going to end up in the portal. Absolutely. And Nebraska has certainly done that. I say I, I've not spent a ton of time thinking about it, but they have. Well, that's and, what I was going to say. Yeah. That seems like a fan base, an alumni base, a donor base that is willing to give wherever it feels like it needs to give. And Tennessee was very similar to that. Texas A&M has been very similar to that. Now, Texas A&M, a great example of that doesn't always work. It has the support. Nebraska has the financial resources in its donor base to be able to be a player, I would say, in the, at the top 10 to 15 program mm-hmm. level as far as the amount that, that is available right. for current players and, and, and prospects through NIL. It's, what it doesn't want to do is, is try to get into a game with Ohio State where, okay, we're going we're gonna to match them because you're just not going well, to. And, and or also, I'm Alabama. not sure it's a wise to get into the bidding wars for the recruits. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a, in a, to, a, to a certain extent. But at a certain point, you also have to be able to advertise, hey, my program can do this for you. And that's where I will say Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama have a significant advantage because they don't have to offer as much up front because they can say, look how many first rounders we make. Or maybe if there's one specific recruit that you want to build your program around. Yep. Dylan Rayola. I was going to (laughs) say, who could that possibly be, Mitch? Let's tell, for, for the folks who don't follow recruiting that closely, tell them who Dylan Rayle is. Right. This is the name that is, is on the minds of every Nebraska yeah. fan who follows recruiting. Or actually, if you don't follow recruiting, I think Dylan Rayola well, is on the tip of your tongue. How many centers produce point. quarterbacks? Because the Rayola name in Nebraska, Dominic Rayola, his numbers retired. He was a center, a right. great all-time. Think about how many all-time great offensive linemen came through Nebraska, and he's one of the best ever. Right. He's a, he, he's a Remington Award winner. Of yeah. course, that's a trophy that's named after another Nebraska Dave center. Remington, exactly. Yeah. So Dominic Rayola was a, was at Nebraska 20-plus 20, 20 years ago, um, longtime NFL player, and had, a, had a, a daughter who's a volleyball player at TCU. Then he had two sons. And his oldest son is Dylan Rayola, who is a rising senior or a junior at, at, this, at this moment at Chandler, Arizona High School in the Phoenix area. And he has, Dominic has groomed his son to be a quarterback, and he is the number one rated player in the 2024 recruiting class, who just recently decommitted from Ohio State. Funny how that works. Not long after Matt Rule took the job <laughs> in Nebraska. So yeah. the thought here and the, the, the dream of all Nebraska is that Dylan Rayola signs with the Huskers in in December of this year and and then comes in 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 2024 and they build around him now look he was at the national championship game this week in Mm -hmm. Los Angeles watching Georgia who was another recruiting him another suitor 
for him. So this is not a done deal. Yeah. If Dylan Rayola commits to Nebraska before spring practice begins, it's still not a done deal. No, <laughs> right. we're near a done deal. Yep. When he signs that letter of intent, it 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 can you can you can breathe easily. Well, and, and the fact that George is recruiting him, I think it, it should be very telling because Georgia recruited one quarterback in the class of 2023, mm. Arch Manning, didn't get him, and then Kirby Smart gets asked about quarterback recruiting. He goes, "There's plenty in the portal," which, if you're Kirby Smart, you can say that because if, now they've got they like Carson Beck, mm-hmm. they like Brock Vandegriff, they like Gunnar Stockton, they have three very highly touted quarterbacks on their roster right we now, got to, and we got to see Beck for a, we got to see a Carson quarter, Beck for a during quarter the national, national championship. Title game. Exactly, but let's say they didn't like them. You know what they could do? They could hang out a sign that says. Who wants to throw to all these guys? Isn't and that amazing? Everybody would yeah. jump in the portal. <laughs> yeah, right. It's that's um, that's amazing that Georgia has that luxury and that yeah. Alabama or USC but, but it, has that luxury. But it, it's interesting because that seems to be who they've targeted in twenty twenty four. Oh yeah, there may be some others, but they they seem to be very focused on on Dylan Rayola, which. Nebraska, even with the the sentimental ties, that is a lot to overcome. Right. It's it's deeper than just a sentimental tie, a former player. Um, Dylan Rayola's uncle is Nebraska's mm-hmm. offensive That's line That's exactly coach. right. Dylan, Rail, or Dylan Rayola's family, Dominic's family, his, Dominic's, his father, mm-hmm. his mother, Dylan's younger brother, Dayton, by the way, who has an offer from Nebraska oh, also. Of course. He was a freshman this last oh, year. You at, got, you got at, to offer at, the at, brother. Come on. At Chandler. They come to Nebraska games often, and, and, and the Rayolas, they, they travel around. They get around. Yeah. They, um, you know, he's a retired NFL player. Yeah. He can take his family what a, places. What a life. So when, the, when they come to Lincoln and they get, they get their red on, and we saw them, even as he was committed to Ohio State last year, we continued to see the Rayolas sh- mm-hmm. show up, and they'd be on the field yep. before the game, and they're red and taking pictures with everybody. And, of course, everyone knows who they are because Dominic, he looks the same. He looks yeah. like he some offensive linemen, they look different yeah. a- after they retire. He looks like he could play right now. Dominic <laughs> looks like he, he could have been the Nebraska center or the Detroit Lions center this, this last season. So um, – their passion, that family's passion for the University of Nebraska, it runs deep. And, and um, I, I think they're going to need Nebraska and, and Matt Rule and his staff are going to need to tap into every bit of that passion yeah. in order to get him to Lincoln when Georgia is calling. Right. And others. I mean, mm-hmm. he did decommit from Ohio State. I don't think they quit. So Why would you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, but that's, that, that's the pool you got to swim in. And when you have it in like they do... This is your chance. He and, and we started this conversation by talking about NIL and how Nebraska mm-hmm. doesn't want to get into the same waters of NIL with the programs that are right. bidding for for Dylan Rayola. If it's Sir, that one player, if you can get the one guy, yeah. then what he what he presents, the attraction of being a recruit in the twenty twenty four class mm-hmm. with Dylan Rayola as the headliner is just as valuable oh you maybe s- more you valuable Arch Manning and, when right. he committed to texas right. i mean they just they piled it that pie piper yeah. effect was crazy right and that's the thought that's the hope that's the um you know the plan for rule and his staff in this next recruiting cycle is to be able to build around a guy like that we'll be right back after these words so let's talk about the future at nebraska because you know matt rule planning for he hopes a years and years and years long tenure there. Things are changing. The Big Ten is probably going to be a divisionless place. It will be. In the yes. next couple of years. So where does Nebraska stack up now? 
And where realistically do you think is their ceiling? Sure. We need to get Scott Docterman on here to talk about schedules. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. Because and I'll trust do, me, it's on the schedule. I'll, I'll, I'll I've just, scheduled Scott Docterman to talk about schedules. We <laughs> yes. If if you know Scott, you know exactly what we're talking <laughs> exactly. about. Exactly. But, but right, the the pod systems and and who is Nebraska going to play? I, I will call Scott early in this off season. Yeah. Um, in 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 planning out, I my was the coverage. one certainty. It feels like. Yeah, I think the, another certainty is that they're going to get paired up with one of these California teams when things go. Well, because the brand, the brand power. Imagine the brand power of an annual USC Nebraska game. Right, or Nebraska plays USC or UCLA every year, or Nebraska mm-hmm. goes to to LA every year. I don't think they mind that either. No, it'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, look, it's they want to recruit in California. I mean, they want to recruit in Nebraska, in Texas, in Pennsylvania, in Florida, Georgia. You know, on the in, in New Jersey. Yeah, and they want to get to California. That's, 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 that's Tony White. Tony White, the Nebraska defensive coordinator. Yep. He played at UCLA. That's where he met Matt Rule, was at UCLA. Then he coached at San Diego State for, for Rocky Long. So Tony White is their connection to the West Coast. And having USC and UCLA come into the league in 2024, that opens, opens doors for him to go out there as the defensive coordinator and get defensive talent and, you know, and find offensive players. Yep. Um, they've had a history of so many great players from that state. So Nebraska wants to be in California. And I, and I think it will be playing games at, at the Rose bowl and at yeah. the, and at the Coliseum. So that, Hey, that that's great. They, they played, they've played those teams traditionally in the non-conference. They've played those teams in bowl games. Um, it's a fit for Nebraska. I think as much or more, maybe you tell me than than with any of the teams. Oh, in I, the I definitely think so. And yeah. I, I'm just thinking logo matchups, mm-hmm. you know, just as a, a, a TV viewer. If I see that in and Tommy Trojan or that in and that script UCLA, I'm like, ooh, otherwise, I want to see that. Yeah, otherwise the future's kind of murky as far as the, yeah. the, who, who they're going to play. It felt like they, they you know, they liked pl- having him play Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They seemed to like having him play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That's another big logo <laughs> matchup. But Yes, the Big Ten did like the Nebraska-Ohio State matchup, yeah. as Nebraska fans are, are well aware. Yeah, it was one, year one after nothing year to do with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we please not play them every year? Yeah, it, I think it's going to be interesting. Where do you think, because we know where the, the top tier is Ohio State and Michigan and Penn mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. Michigan State wants to get into that next tier, I think. The fact that Luke Fickle took the Wisconsin job suggests that he believes they can be either in that next tier or that top tier. It tells me that Wisconsin wants to get into that top they, tier. They want to be. I wouldn't yeah. have necessarily said a year ago. Yeah, no, they're they're willing to spend. They're willing to to put the resources in. So Nebraska's up against that. Now, the good thing about Nebraska, they've always been willing to put in resources. They've always mm-hmm. been. They just haven't made the best choices. Yeah, the 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 pecking order in the Big Ten over the next five years and how that hashes out mm-hmm. is going to be so interesting to watch as the two California teams come in, as Wisconsin rebrands itself with Luke Fickle and whatever this offense Iowa's is. Iowa's still going to be Iowa's gonna, solid to hey, good look, to, to very good some years. Iowa's heading toward, heading toward change. Right. Iowa has the clock is ticking. Right. As much as we want to is think, the longest tenured coach in America at this yeah. point. So it, yes, it, you don't generally stay the longest tenured coach in America for a decade. That's, not, that's a title it, that's, that's exactly right. Usually relinquished in a, in a, in a fairly he got short it when period Bob of time. Stoops retired, which was by the way June wow. 2017. This is like the oldest living person in the world. How they when you're right. the oldest you're living person in the long. world, yeah. you don't have exactly. that title for all that yeah. long. So 
I always headed toward, you know, some kind of a redefining of its program in the next five years also. And then, as I said, you got the change at Nebraska, you got the change at Wisconsin. Um, we'll see what happens at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting... It's this such, podcast runs. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're worrying about Michigan right now. So, yeah, I, that, it, is, it does feel like this is an opportunity for Nebraska to, to kind of rebrand itself, to be a different program than it's been for the last... I guess since Bo Pelini was fired. Right. And so the direction that Matt Rule wants to take it is for Nebraska to define itself as a physical, punch you in the face kind of program. Which and, is what it was right. when they fired and, Bo Pelini. And we wonder, is Wisconsin moving away from that? I, I don't know. I, I, they would say no. Well, I've, heard, I've heard Phil Longo talk, and he says they're, he says they're, they're not going to change the, you know, they're still going to rely on the run game. And, but what does he do? What well, is, I look at Javante Williams and Michael Carter the, when they were both at North Carolina and they ran a ton. Mm-hmm. So he does seem willing to run when he has the, the horses to do it. You better do that at Wisconsin. You you're gonna, you're not going to last long. You have to in yeah. Madison. That's just, yeah. there's, there's not another formula for success in Madison or in Minneapolis or in Iowa I've City. I've Rule talk about that in one of your stories where you talk about Prepare for the environment you play in. Yeah. And he said he got that from Bill Belichick. Yeah. And Michael Lombardi. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so the former GM. Yes. Hey, I mean, it, it, Belichick would understand. Yeah. Somebody who's coached in, in elements for his yeah, entire you gotta career. you got to play in Buffalo every year. Sometimes you have to play in Miami in, in September. And so very different. <laughs> so there's a real Belichick connection to go on a, on a quick tangent here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Bill Belichick connected with Matt Rule on some level when Rule was at Temple. When Matt Rule was up for the Nebraska job, the Nebraska president, University of Nebraska system president, mm-hmm. Ted Carter, who was um, intimately involved in the search process yeah. with Trev Alberts, the athletic director, the person uh, administratively between the two of them, Nebraska's chancellor, Ronnie Green, yep. is retiring. So Carter um, took the lead from an administrative standpoint in helping select this coach. He's a Navy guy. He's a, he's oh, a, he's, so a, he's an admiral. Connection. He, he yep. was the superintendent of the Naval Academy. Yep. So he has a personal relationship with Bill Belichick who recommended Matt rule to Ted Carter. Mm-hmm. So Trev Alberts had all of his um, feelings and suspicions and connection with Matt rule on a personal level. And then Ted Carter, the, the school president, Trev's boss, chimes in with the Bill Belichick recommendation, which I'm not saying it sealed the deal or made the difference or anything like that, (laughs) but it absolutely didn't hurt. So Belichick has told Rule to, yes, prepare to play in the environment that you're you're in. And it sounds obvious, but there have been coaches at Nebraska and other places in northern environments Mm -hmm. who haven't taken that advice historically. Well, we're going to find out because Matt Rule is in a, a shockingly new environment. Mm-hmm. The world has changed completely since he left college football. He's got to adjust on the fly, and he's got a big job. Mitch Sherman, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me.